Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very important interview for Old Sport Podcast. We welcome two elite athletes, two rugby players, uh, Melbourne's Rebels player, Annie Bunting, and Brumbies star, Hallie Derrera. Welcome, girls. Welcome, Hamish. How are you guys going? Hello. Thanks. Hi. Very well, Hugo. Pleasure to be here as always. Here on Old Sport, we love to start with the same question every time. We'll start it off again. Annie, what's your oldest sport memory? I was thinking about it the other day and I think it's when I was four years old and started playing Net Set Go um, at the local primary school where there was like a multi-purpose court and we were learning how to pivot and I just kept on pivoting on one foot like circles, <laughs> circles. Some girls couldn't do it but I found it easy and that's when I was like I want to play a sport. <laughs> awesome. Hallie? Um, I don't think mine's as cute as that. I didn't start playing <laughs> till I was a little bit older probably like after doing athletics at school carnivals but I think my earliest sporting memory would be just watching every single super rugby game every weekend with my dad so yeah we'd stay up for the South African games we'd we'd watch them all so yeah commitment nice fun um Annie I'll pose this one to you I was just wondering before we get stuck into the some deeper questions if you could give the listeners a very brief intro introduction to Super W kind of how the competition works um it's a brief overview of its history and maybe touch on the relationship between the men's and women's franchises is it deeper than just being under the the same banner that kind of thing yeah sure so um we're in the sixth season of Super W um in 2022 each year there's been slightly different formats. For example, this year we have a home and away season. There's five rounds, I believe, and then finals um, in early April. But last year, for example, we had a week in a hub. Um, okay. So played two to three games, um, trained the same amount prior, but then had like a one-week hub where we smashed out the whole season and finals kind of. Um, but then prior to that, there's been – it's kind of become more and more – aligned with the men's teams for example in Victoria and Melbourne um, with the Melbourne Rebels we this is the first year that we've been under the Melbourne Rebels banner we've been affiliated with Rugby Victoria beforehand so it's the first time that we're actually a club um, this year um, and how do you want to kind of speak from your perspective and then maybe you have more of a history background I think as well sure um, yeah I Super W was just like a natural progression from what already was like an elite national competition. So the women have been playing for a really long time. Um, but then um, so Super Rugby, the men's, they became professional in the late 90s. And then um, the women's game came under the Super Rugby banner, as Annie said, um, like five, six years ago. Um, it didn't have the same professionalization. It just it just sort of reformatted. Um and got maybe better, slightly better publicity. Um, yeah, the we trained in the same place as the Brumbies men, but um, be it COVID, be it keeping the team separate, we don't really interact that much with the other team. Yeah, but you get all the access of the facilities and everything, obviously not purpose-built facilities for women yet, but all same access as the men? Um, <laughs> not not all the same yeah. um we do like it to we have at um rebels we have a gym that was built this year and that we get to use um twice a week 
um the boys use that gym as well so it's like really high quality um we train elsewhere during the week on weeknights um whereas I think most of their training would be like at the one sometimes in Middle Park Albert Park sometimes at Amy yeah our, our setups changed like quite a lot so last season um it's kind of little things that you don't think about last season we trained the time the competition had different timing they um they swapped it with the seven season so that because the world cup was meant to be last year but now it's going to be later this year um so we trained through winter we trained at three different facilities around canberra um really reliant on lights um, because the main field at um, Brumby's HQ didn't have lights, so we didn't train there at all. Um, we did occasionally do um, some gym sessions there and did recovery, but, um, yeah, this year it looks a bit different. We do train um, at Brumby's HQ three times a week and do gym there twice a week as well. We, um, we aren't using the recovery facilities there. We've been They've created a change room that's outside of the main building for us to use this year. Um, so it's nice to have our own space, but a bit of a shame that it's not in the main building. Awesome. Um, let's move on a little bit. Um, love to hear from you guys. Hallie, we can start with you this time. Just how how you got into the sport, looking actually at the, the pathway to playing competitively. Did you have to grow up? I know for cricket, I grew up playing against a lot of, of women and girls who then went on play higher levels but in the junior sports competitions kind of men and women together um yeah just a bit of insight into that pathway into now becoming a elite athlete um so I didn't say start playing rugby till I was 20 so it was firmly split <laughs> into genders by then um but we do Annie and I know a lot of girls who did play um through the younger pathways particularly Georgia Cormack who's now a Wallaroo and G remembers playing um, you know, being stopped from playing once it, you know, she played with boys and then she was the only girl in the team. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's a big gap um, between where women have to, or girls have to stop playing and then joining women's competitions. Um, but yeah, for, for Annie and I, we had a pretty similar um, entrance into rugby, um, joining Melbourne Uni Sevens when they were looking for athletes of all any background. Um, and I come from athletics and netball. Actually took like a two-year break before start um, from sport. I came to Canberra to study for a bit and then I went on exchange to Berlin and then I decided to go back to Melbourne. Um, and I really needed sport and needed a change and I found rugby and haven't looked back. So, yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, Annie, why did you join the Sevens team, I guess? originally what's your background from from other sports yeah so I played touch football throughout school um really loved it played um a lot of it as well and then my dad actually saw the ad for the sevens um at uni and he was like you should go have a crack and I was like that sounds scary I don't want to get hit I'm probably would rather not but he was like no it'd actually be really fun so then I just went to like they did like a testing day um yeah. that was like sprinting jumping and Hallie and I actually met that day um, and I liked it immediately just because the environment is so, it, the rugby environment is the most accepting and welcoming sporting environment I've been a part of, like within the teams I've been in and clubs I've been in. Um, like something that I know I'm not alone in is like body image growing up, um, but rugby is a sport where like all shapes, sizes, 
heights, like attitudes, um, backgrounds are welcome. So it's a really, like I was there for the environment coming from netball as well, which was um, like somewhat toxic towards the end of my playing career, I would say. Um, I just wanted to enjoy sport again. And it was like a really easy, because I lived really close to the fields. Like it was just such an easy um, way to start. So, and then because I met some of my best friends since then and in that team, our first team. So like, it was just the best experience from the get-go. But yeah. Oh, fantastic. And then what was the um, step going from originally playing at uni to actually going and playing for the Rebels or for the Brumbies? Like, how did you guys make that step? Did you did you get, like, scouted? Did people come and say, hey, would you like to join the team? Or were you going to tryouts? Like, what was the, the process for there? Um, yeah, so I moved to Canberra in February 2021 for, a, like, a, a grad program at the Department of Health. And um, so I kept travelling back down to Melbourne for um, sevens training on the weekends, um, which was a pretty tough commute, but yeah. um, it was worth it because I, for the past couple of years, so we hadn't had community rug- rugby in um, 2020 for obvious reasons. And then um, we'd only played like a season of 15s before that, um, but a couple of years of sevens under our belts. Um, I didn't really get selected very much in the first two years, so the 2021 season was really important to me um, and I'd worked really hard during COVID by myself. Um, And then, yeah, travelling back down to Melbourne um, and getting the opportunity to to play and to start for the first time. Um, We only got to play two tournaments, but um, the Brumbies coaches watched those games because we were against UC Sevens and a lot of the Brumbies girls have come and played for UC Sevens. Um, And, yeah, even... um, Alana from the Rebels, she spoke to some of the club coaches in um, and some club players in Canberra that she knew from her Wallaroos days um, and said that I was coming and, and I got to chat to them and then one of them knew the coach and just chatted to the Brumbies coach and, and then, yeah, immediately he had me down at trainings. Um, I missed the trial because we had um, sevens, but, yeah, I remember once he was like, thank God you came to Canberra. <laughs> so he was very much looking for for some speed and some wingers and um yeah I was lucky fantastic she won't say it but she's the fastest player in the super w tournament (laughs) I would say it's also (laughs) I think it's also statistics to prove it (laughs) (laughs) very good very good what about you Annie were you in a similar boat in terms of like through contacts and through trials that how you ended up at the rebels um um Kind of. I think that the rugby community in Melbourne, would you say it's smaller than Canberra Hell? Or are they kind of Um, similar? It's pretty similar. I just don't think that like, um, you know, we had, I think there was a bit of rugby going on in Canberra during, we wasn't really affected by COVID like Melbourne was. And so when Melbourne was coming out of lockdown, so many people were coming together and um, like Alana, the, sorry, I mentioned her before, like the Rebels coach, um, she was helping with Melbourne Uni 7s, filming and doing analysis and stuff. So I think the community came together significantly because of COVID. Um, and so, you know, she didn't have other things on. So she was like, any rugby, I'll take it. Um, and I think that was similar with a lot of girls um, playing and stuff. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. But kind of, I think everyone knows everyone in like the Melbourne rugby community, especially with the girls. So um, 
but after we'd played sevens um, and then had our one season of 15s in 2019, um, there were a few girls that we went to like one trial for Rebels, but we also, um, you, I don't know if you'll be, pick this up throughout the interview, but um, Hal and I always haven't always had that much confidence in ourselves on the rugby field. Um, and especially after playing, because we kind of started for sevens, the sevens tournament that we played in, um, in the Aeon series, that's like one of the most elite seven domestic sevens competitions in the world, if not the most. Um, so that was our first game of rugby and our first wow. two seasons of rugby were in that elite environment, playing against the Aussie girls that have won like yeah. Olympic gold. And international and- girls from like, there was USA sevens reps, Welsh sevens reps, like it was pretty high. Like it was a, yeah, really high quality um, competition to start off with. And then, so then we kind of tracked back and then started playing club and actually learning the game um, and learning the game of 15s as well, which is, Similar, but obviously a different code um, or sport, not code, same code. Um, but so um, I think there was a bit of hesitate. I felt hesitant to um, give so much time to Super W when I actually didn't really know how to play. And I also needed to work over summer when all of their preseason um, was leading into a March or Feb March competition like we have this year. Um, and it's also like coming off the back of a sevens season, which is so intense. Um, yeah. like, and going straight into a Super W campaign is quite um, tiring for body and brain. So, um, but then as Hal mentioned before, everyone came together a lot after COVID and um, we've all, like, I'm just kind of never want to say no to a rugby opportunity again because... I, yeah, I, I think it was the right decision a couple of years ago to not really follow it through. But um, if it happened again right now, I would not ever turn it down again. Oh, fantastic. Amazing. It's an amazing, amazing story. I can't imagine yeah. going to play a sport for the first time and having to face the best in the world at it. It's just incredible. And just um, a side note, I don't know if this is relevant. You can cut it if you need to. But um, <laughs> in, in the first season, so there were ten, there are 10 unis. Um, the sevens girls got divvied up between the ten, ten, nine of the teams, not us. And we had two girls in the team that had played rugby before, like any form of rugby. The rest of the whole entire squad of 24 had never played a rugby game except for like an internal trial match. Um, and we were the only team that didn't get Aussie sevens girls. So we would get walloped like 42 nil at least every single game for two years. It was ridiculous. Um, it was ridiculous. And so but it didn't really deter us from it. Yeah. If anything, we yeah. just got closer and closer and more determined and more determined. And then so in the third season, um, I think it was the third that we won our first game. Wow. Um, have there been four you, sevens? No, it would have been our second. We only won okay. one game, I think. We won one game in our second year. Um, and then we got some Aussie sevens players yeah. then like we got Paige McGregor for most of it and then Elia Green played like one tournament for us which was so cool um and then yeah um but Annie and I and our um friend Amy are the only three that have done all three of the Melbourne Uni 7 seasons so there was actually like very good development and retention but while on the topic of sevens it sounds like a lot of 
I'm not sure if it's just because I'm talking to, to women who have done it this way, but going through sevens to the Super W, it must be really hard um, and wouldn't be nearly as common in the men's game when, you know, you've grown up playing 15s, you know, you've gone through all the pathways. So is there a lot of support helping uh, women like you who want to convert into 15s and haven't had the opportunity to play it before? Or is that something that can grow or how, how do you guys feel that, that transition? I, I don't know if Hallie was going in the go or not. <laughs> but I, I'm happy to answer that. Um, there definitely was. So um, like 2016, the gold medal um, for the girls in Rio um, was like a really big point, um, a jumping off point for people to start getting involved in, in sevens. Um, and that opened up a lot of funding and pathways for women. Um, which would previously not have been there and are no longer there. So they came fifth, I think it was, in Tokyo. So now that funding has dropped off um, and it's back to square one, basically. So we were really lucky that we got in in that really small window. Um, the Aon Uni Sevens competition um, was fantastic. So there's a few companies like Aon, like Build Corp, that have put a lot of money into supporting um, women, like Build Corp, um, they sponsor the Sydney Uni, Queensland Uni and Melbourne Uni um, on the basis that they have men's and women's teams. So they make sure that there's this, um, like there's equality in, in their funding. And um, yeah, the Aon competition was fantastic um, for doing that, for bringing people into rugby. And then um, I think it's, it's still a lot of like, it's, you have to you take on the challenge yourself if you want to stay in rugby and you want to find a new opportunity then you kind of have to do it yourself there's not a huge amount of um there's a few you know women's development offices around the country who push for, for greater involvement um for women but you know there's a lot of initiative that has to be taken um at the moment there's um next generation sevens which is just between new south wales and queensland um and it's, it's just not good enough. It's not going to provide opportunities for people like Annie and I who wouldn't have had access. So, um, yeah, it's disappointing to see it go backwards. But, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully there's this, this pathway um, keeps, keeps going. There's players like Corey Toole who was in the – so male players – was in the Brumbies Academy and he's now in the Aussie Sevens. So, um, there is a little bit of crossover between 15s and 7s, like a lot of Aussie Sevens players have gone to the men's rebels team. Um, but it's yeah, it's very rare. I'm just gonna add on to that. Like um the sevens program for both the men and women have equal pay um in Australia and they consider professional athletes like that's their full-time job. Whereas um same with the super rugby teams. Um, whereas for Super W, we don't I think so Melbourne Rebels as you may have heard um this year have committed to paying their players and being the first um club to pay their female players I think there there's word on the street that two other clubs are going to pay their female teams this year too um but because of that kind of um discrepancy imbalance all of those words um between the 15s and 7s like professionalism um there's not that much. I wouldn't say there's a huge amount of crossover for the girls between the two, whereas, whereas there definitely is with the boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was really obvious in, I 
I think it was 2021 maybe or 2020 when um, a lot of the Aussie Sevens girls went to NRLW. So NRLW is more professional, better paid, um, just a, a well-organised competition. Um, and a lot of the girls went over there and played amazing, did, made like and really promoted the sport really well. So, um, yeah, there's yeah this minimum pay parity, so like a base rate through a collective bargaining agreement um, that, yeah, the Super W players aren't, aren't a part of. Um, but, yeah. But I would also yeah. say in Victoria, like the Sevens program has pretty much, not, not single-handedly, but definitely played a part in laying the foundations for the Super W team that we're um, fielding Thanks. this year. Like our almost our entire back line, last year our entire back line was our Sevens side um, and it's quite similar this year. So without the opportunities that we had three years ago, like our Super W Rebels team this year wouldn't have the same strength, I wouldn't say. Um, and because now they're actually targeting a lot of younger players, like touch players and players that haven't played rugby in a few years because of the, um, there's not really, I think they're starting to have under 16s, under 18s, women's te- like girls teams again. Um, but so the sevens has been a good like stepping stone for younger athletes and athletes that are learning the game to then also make the 15s teams in Victoria stronger as well. Yeah. And key managers and coaches in that sevens program are looking at equality in different ways as well. So like male players from public schools, um, especially with like um, Pacifica backgrounds often rejected by the system um, and it's a lot of it's dominated by private school um, that's just not where the talent necessarily lies so they're bringing you know they're bringing women into the fold they're bringing um, like people of lots of different backgrounds awesome oh fantastic that's um yeah fantastic deep answers as well um, learning a lot looking forwards now I guess uh, how is this pre-season I suppose compared to the past and what are your individual team's expectations about the season that lies ahead? And I guess just from a more philosophical view, like what does the introduction of the Fijian team into the competition represent? And, and are you, um, how do you feel about it, I suppose, is, is what I'm most interested to, to hear about. Yeah. Um, so this is both of our second Super W seasons and I'm not sure about you how Hal was a player of the round last year she definitely came into her own from the get-go but I was very nervous like I felt like a very new player last year um especially because we were training through like stage four lockdowns it was really hard to kind of get that team um bonding and continuity that we actually have achieved this year I would say um especially I think my passion and commitment to the team has also grown over the last six to 12 months. So um, like we've all been working hard on the side as well as, as a team. Um, I think that, I guess what I'm trying to say is the improvements over, since July last year, when we played our last game, what have uh, astronomical, like incredible. And it's because of the passion that each and every single girl has. Like we constantly say that, the reason we're here and the reason we are somewhat put up with a lot of the inequalities that we face every day um, is because we love the game and we are so um, happy to play and like 
just meet so many amazing people, like our coaches, the women that we play with, but also all of the other people that we meet along the way. So um, I think we're hoping just to show the world what we have, because I don't think that we've necessarily gotten the result that thought we deserved over the last couple of years, despite it being an improvement every single game. Um, Two to three years ago, the Rebels were losing by 50 to 80 points sometimes, Um, whereas last last year our biggest margin was our first game that we'd played in over 18 months and it was by 18 or something the Brumbies beat us Hallie scored on me in the last two seconds and I gave her a hug and realized all the Brumbies were meant to be hugging her so I ran away (laughs) um but it's I think we our goal is just to well my goal for the team is just to um be so proud but also I want the world to know that what we can do and that we actually deserve a few W's, if not all of them. For those that didn't oh, watch fantastic. last year, the Rebels were robbed of a few wins. So there you go. I agree. We'll get into <laughs> that later. <laughs> Funny. Um, <laughs> we could play them twice, but all right. Um, um, yeah, I'd probably take a more of a, like, I don't know, rugby answer in that, like, yeah, we had a lot of pot- we've had a lot of potential, um, but we just, I think we were burnt out last year. We trained more than we were training this year. Um, and it just didn't, it just didn't work. Um, but this year we've got um new leader and um just a really different energy in the team. Like it's it's very exciting. We played the Waratahs in a trial last weekend. Um and we were leading for most of it. And then it's like a 90-minute trial, so it's in like thirds, so it doesn't really represent a normal game. Um, and we ended up losing 12-5, but we really feel like we pushed them. Um, and the tries that we let in were one one specific player. Like it was all very, um, we were really proud of our efforts. Um, and um, not on our team, as in they've got an amazing player on their team that oh, we couldn't shut yeah. down. <laughs> we won't make you name names. That's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> one of them was me for sure. Like I, I, I biffed it. But um, no, it was like a terrific match and it was really exciting and talking um Fijiana like I'm so excited we're playing Fijiana in at Suncorp which is going to be so so cool um and the tactic there is just don't play play sevens against them you've got to play 15s you've got to play like we the Brumbies have um and have had one of the most dominant set piece in the competition for a really long time um, and that's what we've got to do against Fiji because that's what we're good at and it's probably one of their weaker points. So, yeah, we're really excited. We take on Moritar's first round and that's going to be a big ask, but we think we have it. So it's exciting. Hopefully the Fiji scouts aren't listening to this and <laughs> all your tactics. <laughs> I, think it's I think if they haven't figured that out yet. Like... The official... Um, assistant Fiji coach for the World Cup is actually our Melbourne Rebels head coach Alana. Wow. so um we're playing them first so it'll be yeah I, I, I'm actually now wondering if she knows their entire game plan <laughs> well we've got a few girl, we've got a few girls in our team who will probably play for Fiji in the World Cup but playing for us in super rugby so yeah that's interesting too <laughs> it's very exciting very exciting. now a lot of the regular listen regular listeners wouldn't know too much about Super W. Um, is there any way that they can get involved in teams? How how can, if someone wants to, how can they support um, professional women's rugby in Australia? 
Uh, is it just a, a matter of signing up as a member or is there, I know for the Rebels, there's currently a donation website to get to get equal pay. Um, yeah, what, what are the specific routes people can take? Yeah, um, I think that there are kind of two routes. One is financial and one is um, presence, support, exposure and helping out with like the that side of things um in terms of financials like yeah there's always we we have a donations page and there's always opportunity to sponsor jerseys um like at the moment there's been a call out for um specific individual jersey sponsors where there's like levels and you can donate this amount this amount and you kind of get to be a vip for our team for the season um but helen and i were talking about it before and we think just like interacting with us and something like this like asking us what it's actually like to play and um it means more than kind of what a few dollars could do not a few I know people donate thousands and thousands of dollars but um like following our pages on Instagram um our our shameless plug rebel like her on Instagram um I run it and it's different it's separate to the Melbourne Rebels page it's specific for our women's team and is a much more personal page I would say um I try and share stories of the girls, like what they do outside of rugby as well and like who they're inspired by, um, how they even got into rugby in the first place because I think there's a much more wider variety of answers than what you could possibly get from a men's team. Um, so, yeah, just interacting with us and supporting us, watching our games on stand or live, like that's kind of what means more to me per se. Like if, if you knew... If someone knew a Super W like team by name, like the whole lineup, that would I'd just be so excited. That would be like the first and I would probably cry of happiness. It would be so cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's engaging in media and um yeah, like stuff like this, which is fantastic. And um yeah, like sharing the you know, the match schedule online and getting to the games or watching on Stan's board or, um, yeah, just doing what you can to, like, discuss it with your mates or, like, talk about it with people who might also be interested. Like, I think there's just a really big gap in knowledge um, and we don't get the promotion and the media support that the men do. So I think just, like, putting us forward a little bit is, like, that's that's doing a lot already. Um and yeah, if you if you know any 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 big sponsorship dollars, you know, book us up. Um, but otherwise, really just talking about it and um, yeah, um, watching our matches would be amazing. Yeah, I yeah, think fantastic. I, yeah, I've definitely had to get past that. No, don't watch me. I might play really badly, and it's <laughs> just embrace the watch women in sport attitude. And so I invite people to games rather than like shy away from the crowds. Which I think is there's even a cool option to have. Like the fact yeah. we have crowds now is so cool. It's very cool. It's very exciting seeing like I had some mates from Sydney at the trial match um, on the weekend and like looking over and seeing them cheer me on was actually so special. It was, it was very exciting. Um, but, yeah, there's been some really good media coverage at the moment, um, even in terms of women in sport in general, um, like thinking about the context in which we play. So, um, you guys obviously know that we yeah we work full time and we train as much as we can with as much as we the opportunities we're given um, and if you're watching a match it's something to keep in mind because um, for me when I watch um, other women play and the players that I play with some 
I have someone in my team has played since before I was born and she has been at this high level the whole time and I'm I don't know how she does it I think it's amazing so every time I watch her play it's that extra you know that extra inspiration and awe and I just find that so much more entertaining to watch um, and admire just to know the stories so yeah sharing the stories is probably the best way yeah. to engage we're doing and we're so grateful for it Oh, no, we're, we're so grateful to have you both on. I think for me, um, the takeaways that I will um, take away from this um, are that um, obviously seeing the challenges that you both have to overcome and that in general, women who want to play rugby for the love of the game have to overcome and balancing all these inequalities and work life and all these things. But what shines through is your both your just passion for the game and how much you you love playing it and um i think obviously we'll link all the instagram so hopefully people who follow us on our socials will follow you immediately as well um that is completely the opposite of a shameless plug we're, we're very very happy to do it um and i guess for us as well like we are kind of starting out on this journey as much as the super w is hopefully going to start out on a journey as well so um we're going to really try to continue to follow not just Super W, but all women's sport as well and giving it equal attention in um, the media stuff we put out because I think uh, the media, as you guys were talking about, then has such an important role to play in, in hopefully building the support for the game and, and growing the interest as well. So I know personally I'm looking forward to, to heading down to GIO. GIO um, hopefully the great thing about this competition is it's not in the heart of winter because uh as anyone who has been to Canberra in winter knows, it is just shocking going to sport when it's like July and it's minus two. So um, I'm hopefully going to get my mates to, to come down with me and, and cheer on the Brumbies, even though I'm probably a Rebels man at heart. Um, <laughs> so thanks both so much for um, for coming on. Don't tell anyone, but I am too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll give those dates. The season starts on the 5th of March for everyone who's listening in. The Rebels start against Fijiana Drua. That's in Melbourne. Annie, which, where's that? At um, Endeavour Hills. Yeah, At Endeavour Hills. Hills. And then the Brumbies start their season also on the 5th against the Waratahs at GIO Stadium. And then we have a huge clash on the 11th with the Rebels facing the Brumbies. So good luck, women. Um, be, <laughs> see, see you at Amy Park. Amy Park as well. So it's it, very exciting. Yeah, Hallie won't be scoring on me again. Don't oh, worry. So Annie will be scoring on Hallie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for coming on again, guys. And um, I'm excited to get a, a full season recap after, after you guys are all done. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Bye.